Today on The Matt Wall Show, we are told that uh, privilege in this country is reserved for white people, especially white males. White male privilege is the thing, right? But I think the real privilege in our modern culture is leftist privilege. That's how you get the privilege. And I want to talk about why and uh, provide the evidence for the existence of leftist privilege. Quite a lot of evidence recently. Also, five headlines, including the mob coming to cancel cartoon dogs. Paw Patrol is now in, the, in their sights. And Ilhan Omar claims that she is oppressed, despite being one of the most powerful women in the country, she is oppressed by the very system that enabled her to rise so quickly to power and prominence. That's an interesting kind of oppression, isn't it? Um, and uh, plus our daily cancellation and much more, all of that on the way. But first, a word from Ancestry.com. You know, learning about your family ancestry, where you come from, I think is really important. Also, it's also very interesting. I'm a fan of, of reading about history. Um, and reading about your own history is one of the most fundamental and, and interesting things you can do. Now, you may be familiar with the major events and battles of, the war, of World War II. So many great stories you can uncover there. And uh, the great thing is that in honor of the 75th anniversary of the end of World War II, Ancestry has just released a U.S. draft card collection from World War II with over 36 million draft cards completed by fighting age men in the United States across the country during that time, um, whether they ended up serving or not. Uh, there's a great chance that you could find your relatives in this collection. You can uncover their personal details in Ancestry.com's World War II U.S. Draft Card Collection, which shows details like home address, physical description, and much more. It's just a lot of fun. You know, I've, I've done Ancestry.com, and I found it to be a really easy process, a lot quicker than I was expecting, which was nice. And then it's totally fascinating when you get all that information and you see your own family tree sort of unfurl uh, or sprout in front of you. Discover your untold stories and more today. Head to my URL at Ancestry.com slash Matt to start discovering your story today. That's Ancestry.com slash Matt. Okay, so over the last several days, um, protesters have pulled down statues in many cities across the country. Uh, a monument to Columbus was torn from its base, set on fire, thrown in a lake in Virginia. A couple days ago, we talked about that yesterday. Another statue of Columbus in Minneapolis was destroyed, despite this statue having been sculpted by an immigrant almost 100 years ago and given as a gift to the Italian-American immigrant community in Minneapolis. They tore that down anyway. Um, several other uh, Columbus statues have been, as the media so innocuously puts it, removed. Um, hold on a second. Oh, that's horrifying. There was a there was a spider on my computer. I remain calm though, for the purpose of, of the camera. I remain calm in the face of that spider. That is courage and heroism. Um, anyway, where was I? Yes, statues um, uh, being being torn down. Well, the media says they're removed. That that's if you if you look at the the headlines, they're going to say that you know protesters removed a statue. No, removing something, removing a statue or a monument. That's something that a legitimate authority can do. They can remove it. If it's a mob, if it's a rampaging mob, they're not removing, they're tearing down, toppling, destroying. Okay, one of those descriptions I think is better, better, better captures uh, what's actually happening. Confederate monuments, um, of course, have been toppled as well across the country. And now the mob has set its eyes on you know, things like the Washington and Jefferson monuments. The activists are now talking about, we got to take those down too, which anybody with a brain saw this coming. And I would just caution any member of the mob to 
um, be careful felling those monuments, especially when you consider that one member of the mob in Virginia was critically injured last night pulling down a statue because it fell right on his head uh, and cracked his skull open and he's, I, I think, in critical condition in the hospital. Lucky to have survived if, if he does ultimately survive. Yet, there's something, you know, there's something rather conspicuous missing, especially when you consider actually, on top of the fact that this is a crime, it's also dangerous. These are, these are very heavy things that are being torn down by people um, who, who don't necessarily have expertise in removing large object, objects from spaces like this. So there's something missing in all these videos of the crazed mobs tearing down statues and monuments. The thing that's missing, of course, is um, besides common sense and uh, decency and a respect for history and a respect for property, besides all that, the other thing missing is law enforcement. And I know it's kind of a silly question to ask at this point, but still, where are the police while these vandals destroy public property, tear down priceless works of art that have stood in some cases for a century or more? You almost have to remind yourself while watching this that you actually don't have the legal right to do what they're doing. The way that they're able to do it so sort of casually and it takes time to pull down a monument. It's not just something that a, that a person can do on a whim. You've got to come prepared. You've got to, you've got to have multiple people. You've got to, you know, it takes time to do. And you watch this and you think, what, where, where are the police? I mean, you'd be excused for thinking almost, well, public property. Does that mean the public can do whatever it wants with it? The answer is no. In fact, Destruction of property worth more than $500 in most states is a felony. These statues are worth way more than $500. These statues are worth thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars, probably in some cases. Um, so these are felony crimes that we're witnessing. They are also, as I said, dangerous crimes, as the man in Virginia convincingly demonstrated. Um, but this has been the theme in recent weeks. The police stand by while leftist radicals do, quite literally, whatever they want. In Seattle now, a group of radicals have seized control of several city blocks and, and declared it a sovereign state. They've set up checkpoints and barricades. Uniformed police are barred from entry because that's something you can apparently do now. Um, the police, in fact, were nice enough in the city to abandon uh, their precinct at the rioters' behest which is a repeat of what we witnessed in Minneapolis, where uh, the, the police abandoned a precinct, except, except in that case, of course, the precinct was then ransacked and set on fire. Um, some, somehow, in a civilized country that was once ruled by law, this has all become a familiar sight. Mobs rampaging through our cities, setting buildings on fire, destroying police cars, destroying public property, destroying private property, throwing bricks, invading government buildings, looting, assaulting, murder, and very little effort is made to stop any of these crimes from happening or to punish any of the people who commit them. Now, there is much discussion, right, about privilege in our culture. In fact, the concept of privilege is one of the things fueling these mobs. They're very upset about privilege. They're upset that uh, they would say that, you know, uh, someone like me 
has a lot of privilege because privilege is bestowed based on race and gender. And I, as a white man, have the most privilege of, uh, most privilege of all, according to them. Yet the interesting thing is that I'm fairly sure, and I haven't tested this, I admit, but I'm fairly sure that if I drove into town right now and I threw a brick in a window, or I set a retail outlet on fire, or I looted a convenience store, or I invaded a police precinct, or I tried to set up my own autonomous zone, my own sovereign state in the middle of the street, um, or if I yanked down a statue or a monument because I found it personally displeasing, I would be arrested on the spot with very little fanfare. And if I resisted arrest and I was beaten or even killed by police in the process, even if my death was unjust or the result of excessive force, there would be no CNN headlines about it. No riots in my honor. No elaborate displays of performative grief from our elected officials in Washington. Nobody kneeling in, 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 in moments of silence. None of that. Whatever my white privilege gets me, it does not get me that. And it doesn't provide me a pass that allows me to rampage through the city, stealing, destroying, looting, and burning. So it seems to me that the greatest privilege on offer in our culture today um, is the privilege to be utterly immune from the law. This is the privilege that is exercised by many of the protesters. And though some of them are white males, many of them are not. So it is then obviously a privilege that is not dispensed based on race, but it is dispensed based on ideology. This is leftist privilege. A person with the, quote, correct worldview um, especially if he is gathered in a group with other correct-thinking people, can do almost anything he wants now. The powers that be will bend over backwards to accommodate him and to meet his demands. This includes permitting crime, as we have seen, but also much else besides. You know, Consider all of the corporations and brands that have been tripping over each other to express their support for the radical left-wing Black Lives Matter organization. Um, and it doesn't always take a mob to get this kind of capitulation from our culture's most powerful forces. HBO's streaming service, as you've heard, took down Gone with the Wind, the classic film, took it down from its platform because one correct thinking individual wrote an op-ed instructing them to do so. And so they did. Uh, this is on the same day that Webster's Dictionary edited its definition of racism because a young black woman emailed and said they should. They apparently got one email and said, all right, I'll change the definition, if you say so. These are just the most recent examples of leftist privilege. We haven't even discussed the many extravagant concessions that the LGBT lobby has been able to extract, uh, including allowing men access to women's bathrooms, locker rooms, sports teams, while shaming and silencing any women who express discomfort over this invasion of their privacy. Any women who have the audacity to say, hey, gee, you know, I'd rather not have a man right here uh, leering at me while I'm getting changed, uh, they're going to be shamed and silenced. The man's going to be allowed access to that. Yeah, I would call that privilege. And even though it's a male, it's not exactly male privilege. Because not any man can do that. It's only the correct thinking man. It's only the man affiliated with the LGBT lobby 
uh, and uh, the man on the left that is allowed to do that. As a white man, um, I have not really seen doors open for me or exceptions made for me or advantages given to me just based on my race. It is obvious that in order to obtain these privileges, I have to demonstrate my allegiance to the leftist tribe. I have to have the right, quote-unquote, right views. I have to say the right things. I have to hold the right opinions and beliefs. That's how you get the privilege. This is what our culture's most most powerful institutions demand. And this is how they grant privilege, which is no surprise because leftists long ago seized control of these institutions. And privilege is simply one of the spoils of victory. And it always has been. If you're on the winning side, you get the privilege. If you're not, you don't. This is the result of decades of the left invading, taking over, um, seizing control of the most powerful institutions in our culture. What was, what, what was the right doing during that time? What were conservatives doing? Well, conservatives spent decades, of course, ignoring uh, you know, the leftist takeover of education and pop culture and Hollywood and media, ignoring that and instead focusing on uh, getting Republicans elected to Congress so we could pass tax cuts and, you know, uh, spread democracy in the Middle East. That was conservatism's priorities for decades. That, that really worked out, didn't it? That, was a, that, was, that, that worked out really well. But that's how privilege works. Um, and that, to me, seems pretty obvious now. Let's move on to headlines. There is now apparently a backlash brewing against the show Paw Patrol, uh, which is a show about cartoon dogs. Uh, also, uh, the show that my three-year-old is obsessed with. Every three-year-old in the country is obsessed with Paw Patrol. Um, leftists are now targeting the show because of its positive portrayal of police. Now, the police are dogs in this show, but you know that's a problem too, apparently. And this in spite of the fact that Paw Patrol sent out a tweet a few days ago, bowing at the BLM altar, as you are required to do, and expressing their submission and obedience uh, that is required of them. Here's, here's a tweet from Paw Patrol. Again, this is a, this is a cartoon show about, about crime-fighting dogs. And this is what it says. In solidarity of Amplify Melanated Voices, we will be muting our content until June 7th to give access to black voices to be heard so we can continue to listen and further our learning. Hashtag Amplify Black Voices. And then there's a black box that says muted and listening. So this is a thing now where white people or even cartoon dogs uh, who are honorary white people, I suppose, are expected to stop talking so that black people can talk. Muted and listening. Now, how exactly are black people prevented from talking just because other people are talking as well? I, I don't know. This is a country of 330 million people. Everybody's talking all the time. You're not going to be the only one talking. doesn't matter what your race is. I mean, how are you persecuted or oppressed by the fact that not everyone in the country is shutting up while you talk? And, and better question, how are black voices amplified specifically by the fact that Paw Patrol's Twitter account didn't tweet for five days. How does that work? Well, it doesn't work. It's all nonsense, of course, but this is just the ritualistic self-flagellation required by the religion of leftism, uh, according to their high priests and prophets. And even though the cartoon dogs did their part, performed the ritual, 
you know, they're still going to be sacrificed because even cartoons cannot escape. Also, by the way, the show's Cops and uh, Live PD have both been canceled. Why have them been? They've been canceled because of its positive depictions of police. So um, this is the game, of course. The left is trying to build a narrative, has built a narrative, um, constructed a narrative about, about, you know, thug police who are villainous and violent and are out, you know, uh, killing people left and right. That's the narrative. And they're just, they're not going to allow for anything that contradicts that narrative. They, they want to make sure that anytime you see police on TV is always in a negative context. And then they can turn around and say, hey, you know, most police are bad. How, just look, turn on the TV. All you're ever going to see is bad police. Clearly, most police are bad. What they don't mention is that the only reason you only see bad police is because they won't allow you to see anything else other than that. Number two, Ilhan Omar was, uh, was speaking. I believe this is at a rally in Minneapolis, but I don't really know. It doesn't matter. Anyway, this is what she had to say. What I do know is that for the last 25 years, I have lived as a black person in this country. I have lived as a mother raising black children. So I do know what it means to be black in America. I know what our young children go through because I was an adolescent interfacing with the police department here in Minneapolis. I know my silence will contribute to complacency. And I know that none of you fought so hard to get me elected so that I can co-sign on a system that continues to oppress us. You know, it's interesting, really. Ilhan Omar is an immigrant woman, came to this country, despises this country, despises most of its inhabitants. This is, this is a, a woman just filled with contempt. You, you can hear it every time she speaks. Um, she hates a lot of people in this country, really hates them. And yet, as an immigrant woman, a racial minority, quickly rose to a position of power and prominence. She's only, I think, what, 37 or 38 years old? One of the youngest members of Congress, she, she achieved that, okay, to her credit. Um, but the system was set up in such a way as to make it possible for her to achieve that. And now she turns around and claims to be oppressed by the very system that enabled her to get into this position. It's remarkable. And also, what is the system? You know, what are you talking about? You say the system uh, oppresses. What system? What system are you referring to specifically? Whatever system there is in this country, you as a member of the federal government and you as a member of the Democrat Party and you as a leader of the progressive movement are not only a part of that system, but you are one of the people controlling it. And yet you are oppressed by the system even as you control the system? It's, uh, again, it's a, a remarkable claim, remarkable in its stupidity. Ilhan Omar, her story, her life, is proof in itself that America is not systemically racist. Same for Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, same for Barack Obama. And yet these are the people, the people who 
The people who disprove systemic racism just by their story, by their existence, are the same ones who are the loudest ones claiming that systemic racism exists. And, and, and I know that, you know, I, I get it. Anytime, and I'm sure that what I'm saying right now, this is going to be one of those things that Media Matters pulls and they, they put it on Twitter. Daily Wire host claims systemic racism doesn't exist because Ilhan Omar was elected. Yeah, you know what? That is sort of what I claim. Yeah, I, 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 I think that's pretty good evidence. Pretty good evidence. When you've got an immigrant woman who doesn't even like America, and yet was able to come here and, and very quickly find a position of power. Pretty good evidence that there isn't systemic racism. Yeah. Barack Obama, black man becoming the most powerful man in the country for eight years, you know, became the most powerful man in the country, was, was voted in again to be the most powerful man in the country, only had, had to leave because he was term limited. Pretty good evidence. Um, you know, it's, 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 that at least is... It's not what you would expect. Let me put it this way. If you didn't know anything about America, right, and uh, maybe you came here from another planet, and you, you landed here, and you sat down with a BLM activist or you know, any leftist activist, and you had them describe America to you, and you, and you, you, you kept that in mind, and then you went out and actually looked at what's really happening in America, it would not be at all what you expected. Based on what they tell you, you would not expect to go to the capital of this country and find people like Ilhan Omar running things. You would not expect that the person who ran the country, the most powerful man in the country for eight years, who just left office a few years ago, was a black man. You would not expect that. Um... It, it, it's, it's, it's not something that would be predicted by the theory of systemic racism. And yeah, so that's, that is, that is pretty good, pretty good evidence, I think. Uh, and if it doesn't, listen, if, you know, the ability of someone like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez or Ilhan Omar to, to very easily and quickly become very powerful people in the government and culturally, both of those things, if that is not at least evidence against systemic racism, what would be evidence against it? And we know this is an unfalsifiable claim. The people who make the claim, it is unfalsifiable. There is nothing, there is no evidence that you could ever present, ever, that they would consider evidence against their, their claim. And unfalsifiable claims are illegitimate, always. If it cannot be falsified, if there is nothing that could ever falsify it, it is not legitimate. Um, number three, as mentioned previously, Gone with the Wind was banned by HBO Max, uh, but it is now the top-selling movie on Amazon. And this is this is often what happens: the, tri- the Streisand effect and all of that, which which is great, you know. And I, I see some people celebrating this, some conservatives saying, "Yeah, you see, the people the people aren't on board with this." You get rid of Gone with the Wind, they're going to go and 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 throw their support behind it. And yeah, I appreciate that. I think that's a good sign. But when you hear this as uh, speaking of evidence of things, I mean, this is supposed to be evidence of the silent majority and the, the silent conservative majority who they're not on board with all of this. I don't know if the silent majority exists or not, but if it does, I mean, shame on us. 
If we are still in the majority in this country, and yet we're allowing all of this to happen, then that's, that's even more shameful on our part, I would say. Number four, Natalie Portman has come out in favor of defunding the police. Very brave stuff, extremely heroic. Here's what she said on Instagram. She said, when I first heard hashtag defund the police, I have to admit my first reaction was fear. My whole life, police have made me feel safe. But that's exactly the center of my white privilege. Um, the police make me, as a white woman, feel safe, while my black friends, family, and neighbors feel the opposite. Police make them feel terror, and for good reason. Police are the sixth leading cause of death of black men in this country. These are not isolated incidents. They are patterns and part of the system of over-policing of black Americans. Reforms have not worked. Minneapolis, where George Floyd was murdered, is one of the most progressive police forces in the country, having undergone extensive anti-bias training. Um, uh, I've gotten to the age of my life where where if my gut feels uncomfortable, I take the situation as wrong. But this concept initially made me uncomfortable because I was wrong. Because the system that makes me feel uncomfortable is wrong. Okay, I don't... Oh, because this... Oh, sorry. Because the system that makes me feel comfortable is wrong. Okay, she's saying, if I felt comfortable with it as a white person, then I would know that it's wrong. Yes, here's what she's... She's saying that I know my gut instinct is wrong because I'm white. My God, have some self-respect. Get a hold of yourself. What the hell is wrong with you people? Well, I know because I'm white, I can't trust anything I think. I am just scum. I am dirt. Whatever I think must be wrong. Uh, you know, of course, much of what she said here is completely wrong. She says that uh, police are the sixth leading cause of death for black men in this country. That's false. Not true. Um, here are the, the top six leading causes of death for black men in this country, according to the CDC. Heart disease, cancer, unintentional injury, homicide, stroke, and diabetes. Police are not on the list. So that is simply false. Totally false. Um, she says these are not isolated incidents. They are. George Floyd is an isolated incident. There were nine unarmed black men killed by police last year. In a country of 330 million, I would call that an isolated incident. Yeah. I mean, that's that's almost as isolated as it can get. And then, but, but you know, here's the real irony here. She says that because of her privilege, she is, because she is aware of her privilege, she is supporting defund the police. But no, that, that is a very privileged point of view. She is an extremely wealthy woman living in a very rich neighborhood. I, you know, with, with I'm, I'm assuming a gated community. She can afford personal security. I guarantee she has personal security when she goes out and about. So she's not going to be affected by this. You want to talk about privilege. You as a rich person who can afford around the clock, 24-hour personal security, very few people can afford that. You can. So you as a rich person saying, yeah, let's defund the police. Let's take the police out of these poor communities. So that, so that you know, you know, mothers and families are going to have nobody to call in the event of them being victims of crime. You want to talk about privileged. That's the privileged perspective. If you want to defy your privilege... Or, or, you know, take a position contrary to your privilege, then you would say that, hey, listen, even though I'm rich and I can afford personal security, I know most people can't. And so that's why I support the police, because 
by and large, in the vast majority of cases, they are protecting people, black, white, or otherwise. And I think that poor people in these communities deserve to be protected. They deserve to have law enforcement. They shouldn't be, you know, I, I don't want to see these communities burned to the ground and in the grips of chaos and anarchy. I don't want to see it. Even though, even though it doesn't affect me because I'm rich, I don't want to see it. So if you really cared about seeing past your privilege, that would be the position you would take. Five, finally, speaking of Instagram, white influencers on the site are showing their solidarity with Black Lives Matter by posting uh, blackface photos of themselves. Surprisingly, noted Instagram influencer Ralph Northam has yet to join this trend. Um, but here's one example of it. Here's, here's this one that was posted. And the, the caption says, I wish I was black today more than ever. Sending my love and full support to the people who demand equality and justice for all races anywhere in the world. Hashtag no justice, no peace. Hashtag George Floyd. Hashtag Black Lives Matter. Hashtag USA. Hashtag police state. Hashtag white supremacy. Hashtag Enrica. Hashtag justice. Hashtag peace. Hashtag love. Hashtag cover, color. Hashtag race. Hashtag black. Hashtag strange fruit. Uh, and then she's got that. I, I, that picture there, I don't know if that's a blackface photo of her or... It's just another photo that she found of somebody else, and maybe it's not blackface. I don't know. Um, but uh, I wish I was black today more than ever. Now, uh, shockingly, this, this did not resonate. And that, again, is the great irony that all of these pathetic white people um, self-flagellating and expressing their self-loathing and talking about how horrible they are and everything, it, it, it doesn't, it, it's it almost always backfires. Okay, finally, let's go to our daily cancellation. Before we do that, you know, there's so much going on in the news this year. Hard to know where to even begin and trying to sort through all of it. And then, of course, you have the left-wing media constantly lying about it and pushing their agenda. You can't trust them. I mean, speaking of that, the, the, the radicals, the insurrectionists in Seattle that have set up their own sovereign state in the middle of a city, taken over city blocks. This is basically not being reported by the mainstream media. There's very little about it. Now, compare that to what happened when you had some armed militiamen, right-wingers, in, where was it, in Oregon? You know, a few years ago, they took over some uninhabited plot of land in the middle of nowhere. Nobody was around. The media freaked out, the left freaked out, and now you've got insurrectionists in the middle of a city taking it over, and uh, there's nothing. So that's just an example of left-wing bias, and it's why you can't expect to get the real story from the left-wing media. Uh, you have to go outside the narrative and get the facts. So if you're a political junkie set on getting both sides of the story, get a reader's pass today from dailywire.com. You'll get access to exclusive op-eds from us, your podcast hosts, as well as guest writers, in-depth analysis from our Daily Wire uh, reporters on top of our regular breaking news. A lot of really interesting stuff. Um, this membership tier is already a bargain at $3 a month, but if you join today and get your first month, uh, you'll get that for 99 cents. You also get access to our mobile app and receive push notifications for breaking news and special content, as well as you can join the community of Daily Wire members who are actively commenting and discussing our content with each other. That's mobile ad-free access to all of our Daily Wire news, exclusive op-eds, and more on our mobile app, all for the low price of $1. Best of all, your dollars are getting you the news you need without the leftist spin. So head over to dailywire.com slash subscribe and join today. Um, 
Speaking of other podcasts, I also wanted to mention that uh, Michael Knowles is going to be on with Stephen Crowder tonight. So make sure you tune, tune in, Ladder with Crowder, uh, to watch that. Now, finally, with our daily cancellation today, this is going to be just a quick one. I, I'm going to be canceling the Democratic Party. Now, it may seem a little obvious for me to be canceling the Democrats. That's, after all, all I ever do on this show basically every single day. But this is different. I'm, I'm canceling them in the spirit of today, the spirit of this moment in our culture. As mobs are going around tearing down statues and monuments that they perceive to be monuments to racism, relics of our racist past, past well, um, then they should join me. In, in On that note, they should join me in canceling the Democrat Party because there is no greater relic uh, or more powerful relic or monument to our racist past than the Democrat Party itself. Now, I know that this is a point that is very often made, which is why I don't need to dwell on it, but it, I, I, I do feel like it, it, it should be made, again, in a situation like this. This is kind of the, at least among Democrats, it's the elephant in the room. As we're going around tearing down Confederate monuments, and Democrats are cheering it on, Democrats are the ones doing it. Well, we should mention that all of those Confederates were all Democrats. Uh, and, and, you know, Nancy Pelosi, I think, yesterday came out and said uh, that there are all the Confederate soldier monuments uh, in D.C. need to come down. She wants to see those taken down immediately. Okay, well, you've been in office for, I think, approximately 650 years. You've been in office for 650 years or thereabouts, close enough. A long time. And you're just now getting offended over these monuments? You had all that time to be offended and to say, let's take them down. And just now you're getting offended, right? So it's all it's all performative and fake anyway. But as as we know, but even still, the Democrat Party is the party of racism. It's the party of Jim Crow. It's the party of segregationism. Uh, it's a party that the party that opposed equal rights. All that's a fact. Now you could try to claim that it's they've changed their ways and it's very different and you know basically the democrat party and republican party switched places at some point somehow not exactly explaining how that worked but uh, that, that's what you can claim and it's not like that anymore now i think that's wrong actually i think the democrat party still is victimizing minority communities supporting for example abortion which, as we've discussed this week, has wiped out many millions of minorities. Uh, the abortion industry, which especially targets poor communities, which are very often minority communities. So, I, you know, I, I don't think the Democrat Party, when it comes to racism and when it comes to their treatment of minorities, I don't think they've changed that much, actually. But whether they have or not, a statue, statue's not hurting anybody. It's not like the statue is out actively oppressing anyone. So it's not enough to say that oh, the Democrat Party, they're not like that anymore. They're not, they're not actively harming minorities now. Again, I think, that, I think they are. But even if they aren't, well, the statue is not harming anyone either. It's just a statue. So if this is all about tearing down based on history, based on something's history, what, what it's rooted in, 
then I think you cannot exempt the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party should be canceled, torn down. You know, if the left wants to make a new political party, but the Democrat Party, I think its its history of racism is uh, is just too too offensive, too traumatic, and should be canceled on those grounds. So I trust uh, that uh, in this cancellation, the left will will join me uh, if they really mean what they say, which of course means that they won't be joining me at all. But I thought I'd try. And we'll leave it there for today. Thanks for watching, everybody. Thanks for listening. Godspeed. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review. Tell your friends to subscribe as well. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're there. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, Michael Knowles Show, and The Andrew Clavin Show. Thanks for listening. The Matt Wall Show is produced by Sean Hampton, executive producer Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producers are Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Our technical producer is Austin Stevens, edited by Danny D'Amico, and our audio is mixed by Robin Fenderson. The Matt Wall Show is a Daily Wire production, copyright Daily Wire 2020. Hey everybody, it's Andrew Claven, host of The Andrew Claven Show. You know, some people are depressed because the American Republic is collapsing, the end of days is approaching, and the moon has turned to blood. But on The Andrew Claven Show, that's where the fun just gets started. So come on over to The Andrew Claven Show and laugh your way through the apocalypse with me, Andrew Claven.